Sunday night, and you're listening to Local Mash on Birmingham Mountain Radio. What's going on, everybody? You're listening to Local Mash on Birmingham Mountain Radio. I'm Brad Lyons, and I'm hanging out with our guest this week, Preston Lovingood. How you doing, man? Great. Thank you, you so are you much doodling? for asking. Got a doodle. Have to do. Uh, you're a doodler. Well, yeah. well, it was like it was here. Yeah, yeah. I'm not so, judging it. Oh, you no, no, doodle no, no, away. No, no, no. Well, it was exciting. I think that there's it was two here. types of people. There's and doodlers and there's non-doodlers. There are doodlers and non-doodlers alike. We're here talking because you've got a new record that, uh-huh. by the time this airs, will have just come out two days ago. Yes. Right. Yeah. The record is Consequences. It comes out on May 17th. Right. Let's do. We're gonna get into a few specific songs that we're going to talk about. But right now, let's kind of span the time from where you, looking back, started this record until now, and it's coming out. The writing, some of these songs were written when I was still in uh, the old band I used to be in called Wild Story. Really? See, this is what I was curious about. Some of those songs were written around that time. Okay. And then... Okay, I don't want to do music anymore. I hate my life. Everything sucks. Yeah. Quiet. And then, oh, okay, maybe I'll write some songs. And then I was living in Nashville at the time, and Sanders Bulky was nice enough to introduce me to some of his friends. Sanders and I had um, connected in a very sort of um, brotherly way. And so we had sort of worked on some songs and then and he's a great singer-songwriter as well. If you guys don't know who he is, you can... yeah. Find his stuff online. Yeah. I just want to throw that in oh, there real quick. Oh, please do. We can revisit him. Yeah, absolutely. Then I moved back to Birmingham after I lived in Nashville for a little bit. And What years were you in Nashville? It was like 13-ish, 12, 13-ish, okay, cool. awesome. 14-ish, something like that. All right. So came back, then you know had the warmth of being with Jeffrey Kane mm-hmm. and... That whole experience got to work with. Well, I worked with those guys before I moved to Nashville as well. Sure. Um, so all those songs, a lot of them had been written in 2009, 2012, 2014, right. 2000, I don't know, maybe 15 ish. Mm-hmm. And so then I was living with my friend Josh Sizemore, okay. who was really encouraging me to continue to write. I got to a place where I was finally, it's like you finally have to be beat into that state of submission. Yep. Where I am totally fine just being a human being. It's yeah, it's all about what your identity is wrapped up yeah. in. Yeah. Yep. And that's, if, in, if there's any look on my face that seems stressed right now, mm-hmm. it's because my serenity is being tested bad because it's so interesting like i feel like i'm supposed to do this right but it's almost like you want to ask the powers that be like you sure like right. because this is really hard for me to like for this not to become my identity yeah because i, I have been on stage making people laugh since i was like four years old right and so it's it's very ingrained in me constantly listening for applause Mm-hmm. Even if it's just like in a room with two people yep. or if it's at work and mm. trying to like make everybody laugh, which really comes to a place of trying to make everybody happy 
And then, of course, you lose your identity, right? When you're trying right. to make every single different personality happy in a room. Well, and how much of that, when that happens, is it? Do you realize that you are overextending yourself to your time and your love and your compassion to anyone that you can? And while it is genuine, some of it is actually almost subconsciously just to make you feel better like because you need to feel like you have purpose and you need to feel like see people love me because i did something good does that make sense yeah oh yeah absolutely oh yeah for sure yeah yeah i mean i think that's that's what a lot of it is Mm -hmm. you know but i mean i think we're all sort of like maniacs in a certain way so like we all have snakes in our head i think i I you know so i I do too and but i don't think everyone does I, yeah, and I'm you know just what? now, I'm serious, in the last six months, that's something I've been thinking about. I just don't know that, and I don't mean that not everyone has, I think it's different. Yeah, I think, I think it's, it's different. You're right. Um, there might be a cobra. There yeah, might be 10,000 cobras. Right. And we're also not trying to put things in a, like a hierarchy, like the, the, a certain type <laughs> of madness is worse right. than another kind. Or yeah, Does that a, make sense? That's, like, a tr- that's a dangerous road to go down as well. Because yeah. then it's just comparisons. Right. All the way up and down. Yeah. <laughs> which comes back around back to the original to the thing, thing, right? Like, yeah. I mean, I think that like it's the balance, man. I think I have a lot to offer to people. Does it feel weird for you to say that? Yeah, I think it does. Right. You know, I have a lot to offer to my close friends. Yeah. You know, that's sort of what I meant. Yeah, yeah. Like, I can be a really good friend. Right. I asked that because there was a period of time where I wouldn't have been able to say that. Yes, I understand that. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And now I'm at a place where I can. You can. Which is that. why I was right. curious. I can look at my friends and be like, hey, I'm a good friend to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, but I can, I think what comes along with that is I'm also able to say, hey, I was a real terrible person too during this right. period or when oh, I did yeah. this or said this or, you absolutely. know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. In having a lot to offer, you know, it's that whole thing that people say is like um, altruism. Is there any true true altruism? Sure, you know. So it's like I have a lot to offer to my friends, but like I want them to give back to me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I Which also, is healthy, yeah. And I also like really want their attention, mm-hmm. but it can very quickly turn over to like, oh, you know, you were hanging out with them last night, right? Oh, you're going to hang out with those people? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, that's fine. Okay. Yeah. I have a lot of other friends too. Right. You know, it can Super turn into jealous, this codependent, codependent yeah. thing, right. which is like manipulative, can turn into like manipulation and can just like completely ruin mm-hmm. intimacy with a friend. Yeah. Because it's just like, it's not a competition. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, sure. we're not, we're not just animals here. You're it's, f- yeah. You're fighting a <laughs> fight that no one else knows they're involved in. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then you blame them for not knowing their, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Or yeah. not. Yeah. yeah. Or, or you know, something will finally push me over the edge. Something will really get to that wound. Mm-hmm. And then I'll, then I'll uh, act out. I'll snap. Yep. You know what I mean? All the defense mechanisms come out. Yeah. And... So. So, I mean. I'm not fun to work with. <laughs> do you, still to this day? <laughs> well, I will say that. The restaurant industry is loud and 
there's a lot of pressure. Um, so I don't work in it anymore, mm-hmm. but it's not good for my for your personality, personality. for your makeup. Yeah. Now, I want to just you know, and and, and saying that I'm like, no, you you wuss, like you're such an idiot. You know, you could, you, you could have you, you could work good in that situation. Oh, you know what I mean? right, like, right. What's your problem? Right. You know. And, mm, see, that's but that's that's the to me anyway. Uh, that's the perfectionist control. Like, for some reason, I, maybe I'm mishearing uh, what you're saying, but I, I don't have to be good at everything, or I don't have to put myself in a position. Like, if it was my only option, or your only option for livelihood is to work in a restaurant for some reason, in some world, if that right, word exists. Right, right. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. You can do a lot of other things. Why would you put if it has that kind of effect on you, which for different reasons it had an effect on me, uh-huh. right? When mm-hmm. I worked in that industry, yeah. the, like I I would almost rather be homeless than get myself back into that industry and lifestyle. Yeah. Cuz it just yeah. plays off all of my worst. Yeah. It does for me, man. Demons. And it's interesting <laughs> you know? because you're actually around a lot of people that it's a very creative environment for. Sure. That they're really doing their passion. Right. You know, some of these chefs and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, it's just, yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, how do we get on that? Well, was it actually, bring it back to the songwriting. So you're talking about this. I didn't realize that it was such a long span of time that a lot of these songs were coming yeah. from, right? Oh, yeah, I yeah. just... I kind of assumed that maybe there was, a, you know, one or two old ones that you had kind of like found maybe. Yeah. Um, and brought back for this record. But I kind of thought most of it would be, oh, he probably wrote this within the last three years. Yeah. Something like that. Not so, yeah, not really at all. Was it easy for you? Because I, I would assume that maybe, or maybe you don't look at it this way, that you feel like you have, that you can stand where you are now and look back since you first started writing songs Mm -hmm. and I would imagine you can see the progress as a songwriter and as a person Mm -hmm. that kind of, whether you look at it this way or not knows how to craft a song, but it's also not still, it comes from a very human place. And I just think as a rule almost, and I think this is wrong. I would look back at a song that I wrote 10 years ago and just by default, like I would never play that song ever again, just because it was so long ago. Right. Which is kind of dumb. Like, how did you? Yeah, that's interesting. What that's made you go question. like, oh, that song from ten years ago? I yeah. still really like it, and it's still really good. And mm-hmm. so we're going to put this mm-hmm. record out. Well, it's interesting because I'm not like this prolific songwriter. So if there's a song that like. I say, like, yeah, I have that song written. Then it has been thrown in the oven, taken Mm -hmm. out of the oven, thrown in the trash can. Okay, let's start over. Okay, this song's terrible. Okay? So then seven months later, that bridge will come up Mm -hmm. out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. So it's like for me to have a finished, somewhat of a finished song, then for me personally, it has to be very, very 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 good right now i'm not saying that my songs it. are that 
I I'm totally understand saying, what you mean. For me, you have your own me, kind of like quality control yes, of what you feel yes, good about putting out in yes, the world. Yeah, yes, totally. Because it's like I've only written I don't know, man, like maybe thirty songs. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's about less. quality over quantity, right? Yeah, yeah. Which it's about approach too, because a lot of people get to the quality by burning, like writing, yeah, all the time. Well, right? then, yeah, and and you could say like, oh, wait, what are you crazy? Like you have written so many. If you have all these things that are crappy, I just mean like things that I remember, right? Like because right. because very rarely, like because what I'm trying to say is I don't ever sit down and write a whole song. Mm -hmm. Like very like, I don't think I've ever done that. You know, I wouldn't like, like I have hundreds of voice memos. Yeah, yeah. But like, yeah. I don't consider those songs. Right. Right. Because yeah, and some people do. Yeah. yeah. Some people say I've got a, I've got a hundred songs right here. You know. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh no, you've got a hundred pieces of what could be a song. Yeah, I have a hundred verse melodies. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's why my voice memo. I have such a weird relationship with choruses. Like, How so? I don't know like what they are. You, you feel weird. like you don't know what I they are. I feel like I don't know what they are because, like, I think I'm trying to make myself be somebody else. But also, I think when I do come up with a chorus, then I'm like, well, then I try to be someone else, too. It's what do you mean by that, trying to be someone else? I think that, like... The character of the song? Like, the narrative you're trying to... No, no, no. Or no, what like do you me mean? As a me as a songwriter. Okay. As far as, like, I'm like... I need to write a chorus like Pearl Jam. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. I need to write a chorus like Shawn Mendes. Uh-huh. Okay. Right. So I'm I'm thinking that way. Right. And then I just never do it. You know what I mean? So it's like Jackson Brown. It's like all his verses sound like his choruses. <laughs> right. Which I really like. That. Sure. Yeah. I remember I had a we had a manager a long time ago and I was like, man, I was like, I just not into choruses. Like I just want to write verses and verses. And he was like, don't ever let me hear you say that again. <laughs> you know, and I know what sure. he's saying. It's yeah, like, absolutely. dude, like, you know what I mean? So it's just like, um, yeah. Yeah. But then when I do write some somewhat of a pop chorus or something like that, mm -hmm. then I'm like, oh, my gosh. Feel, does it feel that weird? That does sound like Shawn Mendes. Right. Oh, my gosh. Who do I think I am? Who will people think that I am? Yeah. If I it's, was to write a song like this. It's, Yeah. If, ooh. Your brain will turn it into many, many layers of, yeah. you know what I mean, that one decision yeah. on a, a, a melody on the chorus, right? Because right? it does. It projects, whether you intend it or not, it, it projects. I don't know if this makes sense or fits into what you're talking about. Like I remember the first time I heard Coldplay was when I was, when Parachutes came out and I was living in Nashville and they mm -hmm. played Spies, the mm -hmm. song Spies beautiful song gosh that was fun but i i remember hearing it and thinking and i can't even hear it now what what i was thinking at the time but i just remember thinking like oh it's a, like a dave matthews type thing hmm. that's hmm. what his voice said to me interesting for some reason at right. that time whatever year that was now i listen back to it now i don't hear that <laughs> at all right well that was the thing that's that's that makes sense. But it because... kept me from diving in too hard because it made me project an assumption onto what the rest of their material was. Gotcha. Ends up, I either was forced to listen to it or just decided to as they got bigger and realized that 
that that impression that I got in that one moment driving 65 going under the underpass of Old Hickory why I remember that I have no idea but that's where I was when I heard it yeah was totally wrong and I don't I'm not a, like a fan anymore but those first two records parachutes and a rush of blood of the head yeah I will stand behind those records all day long yeah. I don't care how uncool Coldplay is or isn't yeah. those two records are insane yeah I don't think people realize that that's what happens in creative people's minds when when we're going to because it comes across as seeming self-important to worry about what people are gonna think about you or how they're gonna perceive you because of the thing that you put out. Oh yeah, and it's right, the, yeah, and it can be this made-up committee in your head. Right. Obviously, there's a few artists that come to mind that I'm friends with. Mm-hmm. I would never say their names right now. Sure. But it's like, for for whatever reason, I'm like, if I write a song like this, they'll think I've sold out. Yes. That's healthy competition, though. Yeah. But it can also be very oh, so stifling and, yeah, yeah paralyzing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. And And that's, you know, what? it's just, it's interesting. Songwriting is a weird thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a, like a dark art. It's yeah. not, you know what I mean? There's nothing... Yeah. Because it's the balance of, well, I guess everybody's different, but I didn't grow up thinking, man, I really want to write a, write a lot of songs and just play them for my mom. Right. Man, I want to write a lot of songs and have a lot of people hear them. Sure. So you have to find that balance of like, you know, and obviously what is really attracted to a lot of people is honesty. Right. When you first have that spark of creativity in your room to somehow get that into the studio. Yeah. And it's then hard. get that on the album and then get that out live many, 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 many times. I've had times where I've I've thought, can I just release this voice memo? You know what I'm saying? Because there's, I, it's terrible, it's, but there's something I can hear, the immediacy and the sincerity of it. And I know that I will doubtfully ever get that back. Right. But I've always thought, you think you can't get it back. Yes. You yep. know what I mean? Yep. Because... Mm-hmm. That was when you first French kissed yeah. Susie. <laughs> right. Right? Right. But it's just like, no, I mean, you can kiss her again. Yep. And she won't know that this is bad. But you, you <laughs> no, see what I'm I get saying. what you're saying. You see yeah. what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. like you, felt, you felt the magic. Right. So then you record it again. Like, you're mm-hmm. like, oh, let me go get the coffee. Right. And you bring it back in and you, like, press record again. And you're like, oh, it's, the moment's gone. Right. And it's like, not necessarily. Right. Your, like, first hit of that creativity is gone. gone. Right. But the creativity is still there. You, the product is still there. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, the, the, the first excitement. The creativity is sure. still there. But like that, like, high from, like, a really, really inspired moment. That's right. what it is. Yeah. That inspired moment can leave very quickly. And you have to keep working on it. Well, everything I I think about doing, you know, obviously we're specifically talking about music right now, but um, it's it's in every way a lot of waiting and then a lightning strike and then waiting for the next lightning strike. Oh, yeah, baby. Right. You know what I mean? It's even when you go on tour, you know, the thing people don't understand about being on the road, I don't care if it's for three days or for three months straight. It's that. You, it sounds glamorous and cool and all those things, but you're only working for an hour a day as far as the time you're on stage. Right. Right. If you are on a tour or yeah. a run or something like that, 
the rest of it is just being in a, sh- in, in a crappy van or it's not fun. You're at a rest area. Backstage. You're at a crappy backstage with, you know, a toilet you wouldn't touch with. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, just like yeah. terrible places. It's not. It's, but but it's all to get that that yeah. that hit on stage. Right. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's inherently modeled. It seems like an addiction kind of thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're just oh, yeah, kind of waiting. Time. In terms of that, you're just waiting for that luckily it's an appropriate hit <laughs> there's nothing destructive right, yeah. about it but it's healthy, you're doing something positive but you are spending a lot of time waiting or you're spending a lot of time uh and i shouldn't call them making mistakes but it's the idea whether everyone does it this way or not it's the idea that the basic concept of for the most part you have to write a lot of bad songs to write, know how to write really good songs and to right. get to the really good songs right you know oh absolutely Absolutely. If it's cool with you, let's go ahead and listen to one of the songs. Okay, great. And then we'll come back and talk about it specifically. Okay, and we'll kind of get to more about the recording and all that kind of stuff um, as we go. Is there one you – do you care which one we do first? Um, what if we started off with um, Cherry Blossom? All right. The opening track on the record. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Here it is. This is Cherry Blossom track one from Preston's new – record consequences just came out two days ago check it out but here it is this is cherry blossom we'll be right back
Welcome back. You're listening to Local Mash on Birmingham Mountain Radio. I'm Brad Lyons, hanging out with our guest this week, Preston Lovingood, and we just heard track one from his new record, uh, Cherry Blossom. Mm -hmm. Good song, man. Thank you. Good opener. Thank you. Why did you choose it as the opener? Uh, you strike me as someone that thinks a lot about track <laughs> running order. I'm serious. I think that's yeah, a no, beautiful for thing. Sure, you for know? sure. Yeah. Well, there is that um, one, two, three. Okay. So um, I think that that was a part of it. Yeah. You Just know, kind of communicating like that. Would be a that. Great yeah. Way to, um, fun way to start the record. Um, two, I think that it was the song that we actually. Had, speaking of inspiration, it was the song that we actually had the initial spark of inspiration on. Okay, cool. Because when we were doing the scratch tracks for it, I had it almost as a ballad. Okay, and interesting. And it was really slow. Mm -hmm. So it, it, was, it was this kind of like, you know, slow track, kind of wanting to be sort of like... A slow track on like revolver or something mm -hmm. like that i played it for them and then zach who's engineering and co-producing really had a vision for it being like this bell and sebastian thing right and so which i was like that's great i don't know if i've ever had my moment where i was like had my bell and sebastian <laughs> right yeah sure <laughs> and so we just you know changed it up it got, you know, got faster. Mm -hmm. So then I just started doing the scratch track vocal and I sang it completely different, right? Because it was faster. Sure. So it gave it a whole new thing. Yeah. And so I was singing like the words weirder and like the phrase, you know, and everything was different. And we were all like, oh my God. This works. <laughs> that was so fun. Mm -hmm. That works. Right. So I was singing the melody weird and different, and it was changing. Right. And then they were like, oh, you." when we got back around to do the vocals, they were like, you should sing it like this exact way. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> and it, it was worked. cool. So it was like learning lines. It was like, oh, you know, like as an actor, like you're going to mm -hmm. come in here, you're going to put you're the book on the this. table right. and the thing. And so it's, it wasn't like, oh, maybe you should put the book on the table. It was like, okay, let's, no, this is let's double those vocals just like you did it sure. when you weren't thinking about exactly. it. Exactly. You know? Part of that, too, is working with people that there's a trust. You got to trust and feel comfortable uh, around people that you make music with because you got to be a little bit weird sometimes mm -hmm. or try things that might end up being terrible or laughable. You got to have that vulnerability to, like, explore those things and trust someone enough if they say, oh, why don't we actually just completely change the way you do this song and trust them and their perspective, which hopefully is why you're working with them. And just let's see how it plays out. And it's so cool when it plays out and then you're like, oh, my God, I never would have heard it this way. Yeah. Right. And it was hard. And I actually didn't know Zach at all. Yeah. And so tell me, who's Zach? So everyone okay, knows. So in all those years of writing, I met Juan Solorizano okay. in Nashville. And I stayed in touch with him throughout all those years and I would go up to Nashville every now and then and finish the song. So I co-wrote most of those songs with Juan. Okay. And then we like demoed it out. Demoed the songs. Do you say demoed it out? I do. 
Okay. Now. We demoed them out. <laughs> and um, we finally were like, okay, let's just make this record on our own. And so we were like, okay, let's get the money through crowdfunding, right. which was great. And that was a whole other fun experience. Maybe like a couple months into the crowdfunding or like right before it, he was like, man, just trust me. Like, I'll take less money. We need Zach on this project. And I was like, okay, man, I trust you. Right. I trust you. And so I, right, I could be weird and bad and stupid and lame as far as like songwriting ideas Mm -hmm. go with Juan, but I had never experienced that with Zach. Right. So it was like the first day we get in there and we start working on the scratch tracks and everything like that. And that was just one of those things where I just had to let go and just embrace it. Right. And it was hard because... I would show him a song and then he would pull up his Spotify and be like, man, let's try to do it. Let's try to do a national thing with this. Right. And like then using like, really specific references. Yeah, and he'd be like, oh my gosh, let's do a Weezer thing with this. And that was so hard for me because I was like, how dare you bring other people into this? <laughs> this is completely unique. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's completely unique. <laughs> right. But like it was just another example of having to let go and trust which worked out great because he was a genius and he was in this band called coin. Now he produces and writes a lot in Nashville with a bunch of people. He's, 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 um, a great person. And so is Juan. And so Juan, you know, plays with me as much as he can. Cool. And he's playing with me in New York in two weeks. Nice. Um, you doing uh, Rockwood or something or what? Rockwood. Nice. And then, um, He'll be playing with us at the end of the of June in um, Atlanta, Nashville, and Birmingham. Cool. So that's that's who produced the record. Yeah, those that's, two guys. That's yeah. great, man. I love I love the um, sonic consistency throughout the record uh-huh. without it f- ever feeling repetitive. Or it seems to strike the balance between not feeling repetitive. But also not feeling disjointed song cool. to song. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's fun. There's a lot I of like even theme, the kind of sonic themes yeah. throughout the record. Yeah. That kind of. The, I remember the first time listening to it, and then I was listening to it last night, I think. I mean, even in my notes, like I went through song by song. And since we just listened to Cherry Blossom, for example, who's playing guitar on that? Zach. Zach's playing? You is think? playing guitar on that. Okay. Um, so it's a really cool guitar tone. Yeah. I don't expect you to know what it's it bizarre. is, but yeah. that thanks just... for Thanks for not asking me what <laughs> Yeah, <it> yeah. <laughs> I hate it when people do that. Um, yeah. And actually, I think Zach ended up adding all that himself when he was like spending some time in New York okay. working with somebody else. So it was a very bare song. Mm. It was like very bare. Juan and I loved it that way. Yeah. And Zach was like, I just really think it needs a lot more. Right. And so he added a ton. And so I think we found a balance, you know. I feel like I, because I, I, listening to it, that's one of the things, um, not necessarily just with Cherry Blossom, but I do feel like the record did a good job of not kind of hitting you over the head with too many 
things going on at once cool. or sounds. Okay, it good. seems to like section by section, even within a song, it's like, okay, yeah. these are the things that are part of the verse and then they're gone in the chorus. Yeah. And we've got this is the the picture in the chorus. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it um, builds, it builds. It does, yeah. And there's dynamism throughout the whole thing and, and all that kind of stuff. So it all, it, it's very tastefully done with some as someone that's heard your music in the past, not that this is some radical departure, but mm-hmm. to me, I feel like this this record, again, it has this theme throughout, even if you, just musically, I feel like, yeah. sonically, even if you don't listen to the lyrics. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I do know what you're saying. I, I haven't reflected on that, but that is really, I'm glad to hear you say that. Well, because it seems like there's a juxtaposition to it as well, sonically. Like, I, I noticed, to me anyway, subjectively, it felt like it was a lot of, if you were to, for example, take a song, I don't have one off the top of my head, I don't think, but if you were to take a song and just strip away everything except for the core elements, meaning maybe it's, you know, bass, drums, and a, a guitar or a keyboard and the vocal, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Take out any synth stuff, mm-hmm. extra guitar parts, whatever, mm-hmm. and there'd be a track where it's, oh, it just feels so like mellow and warm and a little verby. Mm-hmm. But then the stuff that's added on top of it, whether it's a synth or a guitar line, sometimes it comes in with the opposite thing and it's kind of a, a, a ratty, kind of nastier guitar tone maybe. Right. But it's juxtaposed against this kind of like lush, warm bed of a track. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it never felt like, okay, this is all in on the dirt grime side. That's cool. I'm glad it... Or it was yeah. just all like, this sounds like a sound design piece. It's so swimmy, right? Yeah. It's like, if it was a swimmy sounding thing, it seems like you guys went in and put something that's the opposite of that on top of it. Cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's good. So it kind of keeps you engaged in the whole thing yeah. which i thought i don't know if that was intentional or not but that was just no, one of the things I that i noticed so, for you know sure. yeah and it makes sense too when you've got uh, now hearing how this all went that you know there were times that you had one of the guys that you were working with it was somewhere else and just if he had some spare time he was while he was working on another project he'd just kick over to your sessions and mess around with some stuff and there's um a real benefit to being able to do things like that. I know, right? Do it in that in that way where you can there's some things that the immediacy immediacy you need. You know, if it's if it's a band making a record that is just a four-piece rock and roll band, right? Like guitar, singer, lead guitar player, bass drums, then you probably want to get them in a room together and like capture what it is that they do and keep it simple yeah maybe double a guitar here and there or maybe we could have gotten a this was a great take but this lead wasn't that great so we can overdub that but for the most part you're just working on this thing and you need to catch the lightning in the bottle whereas this seems like it was a process where you got to take your time and like listen to things in different ways right like listen to a song and a that you wrote a different way than you would ever kind of imagine it before. Right. There's something really valuable about that for certain oh, records. Yeah. Especially know? when you trust the other person who's sure. doing the... Uh, it's, yeah. And it can't help but come across in not only the actual songs themselves, but the production that comes along with it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's get to another... Why don't we go to another song? You want okay. to just go in order? 
Yeah, let's go in order. All right, cool. Well, you guys have heard this song on the show. If you've listened to us before, um, this is track two off of Preston's new record, Consequences, that is out now. And this is Everything Will Be Okay. You're listening to Local Mash. back you're listening to local mash on birmingham mountain radio and i am brad lyons hanging out with preston loving good yes thank we you. just listened to track number two off of your new record it's everything will be okay what do you remember about writing this song if anything when there's actually a drummer named brad um odom in nashville and juan and the writing session was actually orchestrated by Brad with the intent on writing songs for film 
For licensing? Yeah, for licensing. So Juan had the guitar lick, and then Brad... <laughs> this sounds like one of those old documentaries. <laughs> One had the guitar lick, and then, which is totally true. And then Brad came in on the drums, and he right. had the beat like pretty, like kind of mapped out quickly. Yeah. And then we worked on the chord structure for a little bit, and then I—that's one of those things too, where I just started singing over it, and the whole ooh thing like was immediate. As hooky as hell. Yeah, the song well, was written the, to like make money. And the title line going into the that vocal part. Yeah. Right? Like the no lyric acapella part. Yeah. Right. right you know right. what I'm saying? Not acapella. Um is there a word for that? Am I blanking? When it's which, just which part? So you do the everything will be okay mm-hmm. and you the, the ooze. Yeah. yeah. I mean that is yeah, so a, yeah. hooky. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. And yeah. leading into it is so hooky. Just that da 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 da. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> I can't write pop songs. I don't think. Yeah. I don't. I, I don't have. I'm. I don't have that gift. I wish I did. But yeah. I couldn't. I don't think I could come up with that kind of a melody. That's so just like sickeningly, sickeningly poppy and hooky, but not like cheesy. Right. Yeah. Because that's the hard thing, right? Yeah. I don't mind it being hooky, but when it's cheesy, it's like, oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, to try to find that balance. Yeah. You know, and I think that's why we really worked on that sort of trippy bridge to sort of be like... Yeah, I wrote that down. To sort of be like... I was like, we had to have this part in it to, so it's not just yeah, come well, across. Just... It's funny because I wrote, also wrote down about the bridge in uh, Cherry Blossom. I love. Oh, yeah. I love that such bridge. such a cool bridge. Yeah. Dude, I worked on that bridge for years. <laughs> really? Yes. It's cool, man. I, because, you know, my <laughs> hobby horse that people hate that I'm on all the time is, man, if it's not a great bridge, take it out of the song. Please. Nothing will deflate a song like Please. just an unnecessary bridge. Just Please do a middle eight instrumental or just cut to a down chorus and out. Yeah. But man, when I hear a good bridge, it makes me so happy. I love it. It's good just like that's man. the second note I made about that song was yeah. just a cool, I weird bridge. That I know. Bridge on a cherry blossom. But. Yeah. So, I mean, the thing was creative pop music. I don't know if you. You know, I just remember reading an early interview with Elliot Smith, and they were like, what kind of music is this? And he said, pop. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was like... I remember that quote. Huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's like his favorite bands were like the Beach Boys, right. you know, and George Harrison. And like, I mean, what's poppier than some of those Tom Petty songs? Sure. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You know, I remember hearing like an interview with John Mayer about maybe one of the the Tom York solo albums, or maybe it was a Radiohead song, I forget. But he was like, he was like, this song is so good. He was like, if Justin Timberlake was singing this song, it would be number one Mm -hmm. on the charts. Right. The charts. And so I think maybe that was the case with Elliot Smith. Yeah. You could have given any of those songs to like Keith Urban, or sure, or you know, um, Justin it was just it was so dressed up in him being this sad, depressed yeah. persona, which, yeah. which, which was had, true, which was just true. And if you right? put that out there, I mean, I don't know if you've like YouTubed his live performances or something. 
Oh it's yeah, very I'm, very sad. Yeah, it's very annoying. Yeah, I mean the the ones I've seen, I didn't. I don't think I saw one good one. Well, I think that's just something that maybe it'll come back. I don't know if it will, but I I think we went through as a country anyway. We went through our what's the word for it. You know, we had the 90s, the early 90s with <laughs> the kind of like morose, uh, really dark. And I don't I don't mean that. I mean, I'm a 90s kid. Most of my like the reason why I got into music was a combination of Led Zeppelin and a bunch of 90s bands. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I was in yeah. sixth and seventh grade when all that stuff happened. But yeah. um, he seemed to I think he, the way he wore it on his sleeve is kind of out of fashion now, maybe and seems a little melodramatic and over the top or maybe we've become yeah. more cynical i don't know what it is yeah. but um it's interesting, but it's honest it? whatever it is oh it's wonderful right i, I mean, love it even you know from a basement on the hill it's it's hard to get through but like i love those songs sure you know and and um you know what's his face one of the avid brothers and jessica lee mayfield you know, like did like a cover album. Oh, I didn't know that. Songs. And like, I think like they might've all been from, from a basement on a hill. Really? And, um, which is just fantastic. See, it's interesting because I thought you were about to take that, like down the druggy thing. Mm -hmm. Like as far as like this idea of like the rock star that, like rips apart hotel rooms. Right, right. Like is just that <laughs> everybody says narrative so much these days, so I don't want to say it. <laughs> it's true. Everyone, it's true though. It is like in love a with hot that word, word right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I guess like that mythology. mythology. <laughs> there we go, dude. Come on. That situation doesn't seem to be like interesting to people like mm -hmm. you know maybe it not i don't feel like i mean because you think if okay if rock's dead if you think about modern rock music you mm -hmm. know i think about jim james right sometimes mm -hmm. or i think about jim james right and so i just think about i don't i don't view him as somebody that would like rip apart a hotel room no i rip i like very i like could take him home to my mom's house right like he would be kind and he would like like make the bed mm -hmm. in the morning you know and, and i mean even if you take it to um i don't know the guy's name war on drugs but like oh yeah that dude doesn't even drink coffee right <laughs> i know i've heard some interviews <laughs> you know what i mean like with him yeah. he doesn't do anything yeah and like he just likes to talk about engineering and songs and yeah yeah, yeah. so i i do wonder if like the whole like I don't know. Like, if you think just about drugs, that thing. I mean, people will always do drugs. Yeah. And I, think I know that drugs influence music. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Sure. So it's just like... Yeah. Well, and drugs aren't bad for everybody, right? right? right like, right. I mean, I everybody drinks, but I can't drink. Right. I mean, I can. I, I choose not to because right. I don't... You know, I became someone that I didn't want to be because right. I let something control me in that way. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But, yeah. but I know lots of people that drink just fine and they're healthy. Yeah, and you know what I mean. Yeah. I don't know. Do you know Mary Carr? 
I don't the, think uh, so. She's a um, memoirist and a writer and a professor. Anyway, she um, she said, I didn't always make bad mistakes when I was drinking. But whenever I made bad mistakes, I was, I was drinking. drinking. Yes. No, I <laughs> felt the same way. Yeah. That's how I felt. And right. that's why I stopped drinking. Oh, that's right. I forgot. You yeah, don't drink anymore either. Because I was right. like, I loved it too much. Yeah. And it was just, it like very quickly became a problem. And I think that that was because of a lot of, lot of issues. Sure. And the committee in my head too, even some of those same people that I think about when I'm writing songs, like like tell me that I'm being dramatic mm. but it's just like dude from stuff that happened to me as a child and to neurological pathways sure. and things like that that had already been in cycle for such a long time and then I got drunk for the first time yeah and I was just like holy crap like right. this is amazing mm-hmm. you know what I mean and so in three years man I quickly very quickly had made Many, 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 many mistakes. Mm. Um, I think I was already probably becoming a person that I didn't want to be. Right. But it did not help. And maybe, like, I could have, like, changed sooner and, like, you know, quicker if I wasn't, like, numbing so much. Yeah. You know? Not that I don't numb in other ways. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, through compulsive talking or... <laughs> I For me, it's... A butthole food. Oh god, that's a huge well, one for me. You can't tell, you jerk. Well, yeah, <laughs> but the, but right. I mean, that's the funny thing is that I can just abstain from a substance. You can't abstain from food. You can't abstain. From I can't food. just turn the faucet off, right? Yeah. I have to, I have to learn how to do it in a way that's not that's healthy. Yeah. yeah, and I don't I don't just mean am I eating healthy foods? I mean my reasons for when I do and I don't eat. Oh my gosh. Are yeah. those healthy reasons? Yes. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. that's the hard part. Oh, yeah. It's like it's when the enjoyment's not even there. Because it's mm. like if I binge eat ice cream, it's like the best part is about going and buying the ice cream. Right. And like it's very good. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? But it's never enough ice cream. Well, and I just feel terrible afterwards. Oh gosh, terrible! It's not, and I'm like every time I'm like, oh, it's not worth it. Why did I do that? And yeah. then I find myself five days later with with a tub in my hand. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like, um, like my face breaks out like after all that milk and sugar. Yeah, me like, too. The next day. Yeah, and I get all like my mouth gets yeah. a little bit swollen. I'm not yeah. kidding. Like the inside of my mouth, the back yeah. part of my tongue. Is it ice cream for you? Yeah. yeah. Everyone, you should see the look on Brian's face right now. It's no, it's, it's it's. Uh, I don't mean to make light of it. Oh no, I know no, no, it's a no. serious thing. No, yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, well, for me, it's just going way too long without eating. It's it's oh, restricting. Is that what you were talking about? Well, it's both. I'm, I'm so sorry. I'll, then I'll then like binge a little bit for a couple of days. Okay, but for, I, I was. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. Yeah. No, there's nothing okay. to apologize about. Well, you know, it, it's funny that you were saying about um, you have to eat. Like mm-hmm. we're, that is a part of our animal nature that sure. we have to eat. literally die if you don't eat. And it's interesting too because sex, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like yeah. you can't turn off that desire. Right. Obviously, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we were like, you know, made to procreate. Sure. We're like we have that animal instinct as well. Right. And so that can be just as hard. 
Anyway, that's a whole other. Maybe I can't even be talking about that. Honestly. No, no, it's fine. <laughs> but but it, it is one of those. It's it's a different side of the coin. But yeah. it is in the, conceptually, it's the same in that it's something that. Well, you don't have to have. sex. You don't have to have sex, but, but you know what I mean, right? Like, in the grander scheme of you, things, evolutionarily, we yeah. are we are yeah. just programmed yeah. to. That's the interesting thing is that a yeah. lot of this stuff too. I feel like comes down to. We have hit a point um, with the evolution of technology, with uh, which is the big thing that we can. We jumped ahead so quickly that we are programmed to think about surviving today, right? Mm. So we make terrible long-term mm. decisions because. It used to be, hmm. am I going to live today? Am I going to go hunting today and come back to my family? Right. And if I do, am I going to have any food for them? Right. And if I don't, then who's going to die? Is one of my kids going to die from starvation? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, the right. costs were daily and real. Right. That was not that long ago. When you right. think about it was not human history, it was you know what I mean? Not a, it's, a, it's this. And now <laughs> we don't. We have to worry about not getting in a car wreck. Like, these are kind of almost yeah. self-imposed things that we've created which i'm fine with cars i love <laughs> i love not having to walk 20 miles every day to work you know yeah, what i'm saying i'm not yeah. complaining about technology but i'm saying that as a whole it's we we live in a world that our brain the world around us we are causing to to artificially uh, evolve quicker yeah. than what our bodies and our brains have yeah. We can't catch up with that. It's interesting. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Climate change being one of those things, right? Like, unless you just don't believe it's real, take those people out of this equation, <laughs> right? For this, like, right. thought experiment. Why, like, to me, it's like, why is this not the most dire thing that we're faced with right now? Right, and right. it's because it's in the future. Mm. Like, well, it's not bothering me right now. I don't, like, we're programmed right to now. not worry about yeah, that like, kind I'm of stuff. I'm going to get to watch The Sopranos tonight. Right. <laughs> well, not, we live there's in. Not a, there's not like a river that's flooding my house, but there's rivers flooding other people's, other people's houses. houses. You know, sure, absolutely. Not trying to get in that debate. I yeah, know, like, no. There's, but there's it just becomes... Uh, arguments on both sides, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, not to continue to talk about this, but I like, huh. I, like, I like talking about this as far as like, you don't have to drink bourbon and do drugs. You right. don't have to. Right. Um... You do have to eat. You do have to eat. Yep. And the, the whole thing with sex, it's like you don't have to have sex, but there's a lot of different ways of being sexual than yes. and, than just ha- like making love. Yeah, absolutely. Like, but and, and, and it's weird because you – Because it's, it's about intimacy, right? And, yeah. And it, but yeah, it's about intimacy. Sometimes. And it's, and it's weird because it's like – and I'm not trying to make a light of anybody who's like asexual, who doesn't have sexual desires. Sure, sure. I, I can't imagine that. Like, But like um, – it's like you do have to it's it's almost like i mean you have to have sex and you it, don't have yeah to. i know what you mean i'm not saying that like you know like i'm mm-hmm. not sexually active but it's like um like there is the desire to want to be sexually active it is active. built into <laughs> almost everybody if, yeah. if it's not something that's very pervasive in your life yeah it's not that there's something wrong with you it's just you're one of the rare people that doesn't yeah. have that kind of yeah. drive and makeup yeah. to continue, yeah. you know, the species, yeah. right? Again, yeah. which is what brought me to the other thing earlier, which is just like, 
it, it's radically different when you're looking at just a few few thousand years ago. Oh yeah, man. I mean, oh, yeah. hell, a few hundred years ago. Yeah. But it's just changed so much. Me- yeah. Medicine and the things we're able to do now is yeah. it's really. It sounds terrible, but because there's some people not having a great time right now in the world, mm. but it is the. It's like every day right now is the best day to be alive in human history oh, in the absolutely. sense that absolutely. we have we have medicine and we have all of these things that, oh, yeah. that have extended our lifespans already yeah. by 50, 60 years, yeah. right? Yeah. And I look at, you know, Aiden is 10 years old. I look at him and I'm like... Who's Aiden? Oh, sorry. He's my uh, kid, stepson. Oh, great. But, awesome. So he... I look at him and I'm like, man... This is a very good chance that your your generation's lifespan could be average lifespan could easily be 130 years old. Hmm. Just in wow. the 30 year difference between us and yeah. age, right? Interesting. Wow. Um, because that's how exponential all all this stuff is moving forward. Wow. Are people living longer? I I saw something the other day that um I could be totally wrong. So yeah. Don't quote me on this. Yeah. But I feel like what's happening is that the more t- the average life expectancy has gone down for I think it's like by like our parents generation. Hmm. I think. Hmm. So it, it has been going down because we're so unhealthy, mm, right? When I think right, of like the stuff right. that was considered health food when I was a kid, yeah. You wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole now, I feel like. <laughs> right? Because like they weren't Ooh. looking for things like chemicals in the food and right. you know what I mean? And yeah. I, I don't mean that in like in conspiracy theorist oh, yeah, sort of way, but um there is a, a big difference between, you know, a vegetable you grow in your backyard and mm-hmm. something that's been mass mm-hmm. manufactured, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. Um and w- but I feel like there are also people that are living longer than ever, yeah. if that makes sense. Okay. I feel like okay. if you have been living a somewhat healthy lifestyle and um, – because I, th- cause I think it's going to flip, though. Because I think Aiden's generation would look at things – I hope, anyway – look at things like smoking cigarettes like, what? <laughs> right, right. Right? Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Maybe I don't not. Know. I don't Maybe know. Maybe it'll always be around. Tobacco. But nicotine. It'll just be nicotine. It'll just be vaping instead. Maybe <laughs> right. Until That's where the, the until the statistics come out. Of exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but um, um, yeah. But anyway, everything will be okay. Everything will be okay. And I don't think necessarily like. I mean, I think it is an optimistic song, and I, I hope that yeah, album yeah. album feels that way. But it, you know, it's also a question. You know, not to sort of I just intellectualize it, I, I, but like yeah. You know, I mean, it's 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 also a question. Sure. Well, I wrote down in my notes. This is a spring record. I don't know if you do that. Yeah, yeah. This feels like a spring record yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah, In a really good spring, way. Spring, summer record, baby. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> all right, let's do one more song. How about that? Okay, let's yep. do Let's do the title track. Great. All right, so this is Preston Loving Good yeah. and the title track from his new record, Consequences. Consequences. We'll be right back. It's not your mistake. It's just my forgetfulness When I don't call you back Just know I feel bad 
And I know why you love At least I've tried to see your side You grew up half me Like a house built with no window Something I've always known Something I've always known I still hate you Welcome back. You're listening to Local Mash on Birmingham Mountain Radio. I'm Brad Lyons, hanging out with our guest this week, Preston Lovingood. Hey, bud. Hi. Hi. So we just heard the title track, man. Talk about the song for me. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's you know, one of the themes of the record, just almost like everything will be okay as a question, is I'm asking myself that. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, so these years of being addicted to love mm-hmm. and not knowing 
how to be in a relationship. Not saying I do now, but so what was what was keeping me from that? And a lot of that was a fear of divorce. Mm. So that's a theme of the record too, as in a lot of my friends were getting divorces, mm-hmm. you know, and um, that was specifically written about a few a few of my friends, right. you know, and I think too, it's so interesting about that song consequences because how old I can, is the song? The song's actually, is that a newer one? It's, it's the newer, it's a newer one. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, and the song was like, okay, this is about, this is about divorce. This is about, you know, infidelity. This is about what causes someone to do this, but it's so interesting songs like that, that I think maybe are about like somebody else. They always They're... end up being about my dad. Oh, really? I thought you were going to say about yourself. <laughs> about myself, yeah. yeah. Which, you know, there's a lot of me in that too, obviously. But mm-hmm. like, it's so interesting because it's like, oh yeah, people are going to think this is a song about two lovers, you know, a married couple. Right. And then like one of my friends who knows me really well, he was like, oh man, this is a song about your dad? That's, I was like, man, that's someone who knows you well. I was like, oh, snap. You know, yeah. so, um, but dude, it's so funny because I decided last minute to make that song um the title uh, track what in three four. Oh, okay and when Juan and i first oh, so that was it written in four four it was written in four four not only was it written in four four but it was a song about like being in new york mm-hmm. and like meeting with record labels and stuff and like drinking too much like it literally was about like post sold out or like pre-sold out right it was all about that and then it was like man you know like I think I should make it about something different. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's just like, that's how it goes. I mean, and that's how it goes with a lot of people. I'm sure. not saying I'm unique in that. But sure. um, the song, you know, that was one of the songs I did fight them on that I wanted it to be as stripped down as possible. Okay, cool. Um, we worked really hard on on a compromise there. It's, it's funny, too, because first of all, it's a great lyric. I love the lyric of this song. Just wholesale, top to bottom, is like a really strong lyric, the the whole song, yeah. But I like the fact, too, that it seems to be a look at relationships, or this is how I kind of interpreted it for myself, a look at relationships that is void of the kind of melodrama of youth, Hmm. Right, right. Yeah. When you're when you're young and you're in love and <laughs> and you break up, it's the worst thing ever. It's bad. You, you might die. It's bad. Right. You wish you were dead. You wish you were dead. You don't know how the rest of your life's gonna just. Yeah, it's bad. It's that bad, right? It's very That's bad. how it feels. You get older and it's still really bad. It's not it's that really it's bad. bad for like two weeks. But you've learned that you will not die. And that it die. sucks right now, and it's going to be okay. But it doesn't mean that you're cold and callous, and you don't have any feelings about it, right? right I mean, right. you can still think back on something from your past fondly and not be obsessing over it, or you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. It, it to me, it, it it felt like a more genuine adult take on some of these kind of darker not dark themes but things that everyone struggles with well yeah it was like if the couple went out to eat before the court date and they were like listen 
I know exactly what happened. I get it. I know what I did. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, and this is this is what I did too. Right. You know, sure. It's you know, I think one of my favorite lines in it is, um, and we've all paid our dues, right? You know, I think that's just like the whole family, what the whole family can go through in something like that. Yeah. You know, but again, you know, um, anyway, that was a, that was a turn. I don't think you were trying to say all those things. No, it doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't matter. What I was trying, I, that's just, you, what were you saying? I was just saying that, that what yeah. I, I tend to, in some cases, I, I don't want to know exactly <laughs> what the song is about because right. I want to be able to put myself yes, into it. You know absolutely. what I mean? Absolutely. And that that's what I, I think was trying to say and maybe did a poor job is just that for me, that's how the song felt. It felt yeah. like a... Um, I mean, it's emotive. It's all of those things. Yeah, no, work it out. Tell me what. Tell but me, the lyric seemed to be more adult. It seemed adult. to be yeah. more. I've been down the path a few times, and while it's just more realistic in a way. Yeah. About life and relationships yeah. and screwing yeah. things up and yeah. and and needing to be forgiven and being able to forgive other people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know yeah. I'm painting with a very wide brush, yeah. but that's it Give felt like detail. that to me. Give me more detail. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. But, I got you. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I mean, that's what we were going for. I co wrote that song lyrically with my friend Paul and he sent me a bunch of lyrics and it was like I was like, oh, my gosh, yeah, this is exactly where I was heading down Right. this path. It's like he knew exactly. He was there for me during this writing process, and he. it's like he just knew exactly what, what I was what wanting you to, do. to send me, right. you know? And that was just another example of letting go. Like, right. just as much as I didn't want Zach to, like, pull up <laughs> the national when mm-hmm. we were trying to cut a song – which, by the way, was extremely helpful. Yeah, right. Um, like, just as much my tendency to not want to have that there was my tendency to not want to ask someone to help me with the lyrics. Because the lyrics, that's sort of like mm, my... That's your... Like, melody and lyric. That's like my precious little baby. Right. And so... But I could not do it. Like, I started having panic attacks about death that were so bad, and they haven't left. As in, they have gotten farther and farther away sure but whatever happened then like whenever i do get stressed now all that death stuff comes comes back. up so it's like i've recovered from it but like sort of not yeah as far as like i still have that certain anxiety that happened during that time sure and it was like i was meditating um maybe really just praying and like i had this image of like a piece of paper that was like covered in magic marker. Mm-hmm. So you couldn't pick it up. Like it was just so weighty. Oh, yeah. Wow. And I was like, this is my brain right now. Yeah. Like I can't finish this album. Right. And I have to go to Nashville in January. Right. I can't fin- like these it's gonna be I terrible. wish everyone could see how big your eyeballs are right now. Just like it is literally going to suck. Yeah. Because if I can't get behind the lyrics, then I don't care about any of the other stuff happening. Yeah. And so we had sent out a demo on our email list or whatever and of a song called PTL, which is on the album. Right. And he texted me. I hadn't talked to him in a while. He works for NASA in Virginia. And I remembered that he was a writer, and he texted me, and he was like, man, like, I really like this song. And I was just like instantly, I was like, dude, thank you so much. Do you want to help me finish all the lyrics? 
And so I sent him all the demos and he sent back pages of stuff. And like, I, you know, quickly if you're going to like a lyric or not. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, holy moly, Mm -hmm. this stuff is great. So we got to have a lot of fun doing that. It was like during that ice storm. Oh yeah. And so I was able to like really feel like a poet and a writer. You that walked day. away. Just, like, just locked away. Icy outside. I'm getting to just sit in here and work on lyrics. It was super your... fun. Even though I was having like visions of me like turning to ash. Like it was just insane. I'm, I'm glad to hear someone else's brain does things like that. It's so sad. It's so funny now that we've, I mean, not like this is the first time we've ever spoken to each other or anything, but right. sitting here in this context, there, there's something um, about you that really reminds me about my best friend, uh, Clint Wells. <laughs> when you guys, I think it's when guy. you're telling stories. Yeah. yeah. Love him. I was him. just with him last night. He came, he shot down and we went to Tool together. He's great, man. I, love I actually was just texting with him because I was wanting, needing a guitar player, and um, well, he's busy all summer. Yeah, which is great. That's awesome. I'm so happy for him. Yeah, man. He's the best. He's my brother. I he's love him. Hilarious. He is super funny. Super smart. Yeah, I love hanging out with him. Um, so let's talk about. We've listened to three songs off the record. It's coming out May seventeenth. May seventeenth. Um, or it came out May seventeenth. I keep out. forgetting that we uh, we're time traveling right now. But came out two days ago, so it's up everywhere. It's on iTunes. It's on. It's I know everywhere. it's. I know it's already up for pre-release on yeah. iTunes. I saw that. It's up everywhere. Please download it. Please. Yes, please do. Make me so happy. Don't be a jerk. Like you don't have to like it. Just download it. Just go like swipe, download, and then listen to it. And if you hate it, great. Tell people you hate about it. I mean, go on Facebook, make like a post like this is the worst thing ever because of all these reasons. Right. And I'll be like, dude, totally agree. (laughs) (laughs) I'm with you 100 percent, bro. (laughs) Seriously, go download it. How many times have you downloaded something that's trash? Right. This is not going to be trash. Just download it. No, we don't need to beg for it. Come on. It's a great record. What, what about live? Are you going to be doing some shows, Burpee McBurperson? <laughs> um, I will be. I will be playing um, in New York at Rockwood, May 28th. Cool. So if you are listening and you live there, or if you don't live there and you know people that live there. Tell them. Tell them to come there. Yeah. And then Birmingham uh, Work Play, uh, June 22nd. Awesome. Um, the High Watt. In Nashville, yeah, in Nashville, yeah, June twenty first, and then the Earl, June twenty nice. eighth, the Earl, Atlanta. I haven't been there. Hell in yeah, dude! <laughs> Woo! I haven't been there in many, many years. Yeah. I haven't heard that name in a long time. Well, man, uh, are you taking a band out with you for the shows? Absolutely, yeah. So, do you Juan's know who the band be, is? Juan's going to be able to come with me to New York. Uh, my friend Matt Brennan has been playing drums. And Molly Pardon's been singing. Oh, cool. Um, and so, and Robert Wasson has been playing bass. And, nice. Um, James has been playing keys. It's a great band, dude. Yeah, man. It's been super That's fun. It's got to be exciting. It is exciting. Just, Good deal. Yeah. So thank you. Just, Thanks for having me. Thanks for always supporting the music, too. Yeah, man. It's easy to do. Thanks for continuing to put it out. And yes. I mean that sincerely. I don't. Thank you. Not just because we're doing a radio thing. Um, I, you know. I don't mean this in a. I don't do this because I make tons of money doing it. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? This is a yeah. total. Is you know, 
I believe in it. And as cheesy as it might sound, I love the BMR gives me two hours a week and then now a podcast and all that kind of stuff to have people like you on. You can tell that it's, it means a lot to you and that's really special. I'm glad. I hope that it's sincere or it comes across as sincere because it is. So, um, thanks for doing what you do. Is there any, uh, information like is there a web website they can go to yeah, prestonlovinggoodmusic.com perfect got dates um, and everything on there got the dates on there yeah perfect. instagram handle is prestonlovinggood good deal yeah I figure out how to use it oh god <laughs> talk about source of anxiety and stress i just holy crap dude. um all right cool well, let's wrap this up and okay we can keep talking later but okay, okay. thanks for listening everybody you're listening to local mash on birmingham mountain radio it's the only place left to go 